Welcome into another episode of Get Fiddles and Paradiddles. My name is Chris. My name is John. And guys, we're excited to start a uh, double-digit week. And yes, what I mean by that is deal. we've we've this turned over, deal. we've turned, we're past 10 now. Yes. Or we're on 10 we're or whatever. On 10. Yeah. Yeah, we're on no 10. more single-digit episodes. No more single digits. We have made our way into double-digit episode land. Which is awesome. Yes. Very awesome. Very um, one thing we've not done at the top of our episodes or in any of our episodes is... Uh, What's wrong with us, man? Not good. Yeah. Um, let, let you guys know um, where you can find us. Uh, we're on yes. Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. And we have an email address. Um, email address is getfiddlesandparadiddles at gmail.com. Yes. Reach out um, to us if you have yeah. any questions, any queries. If you would like to know if we wear boxers or briefs, any of that stuff, we can let you know. I won't answer that question generally, but yeah. I would answer it if it was framed up. Do you wear boxers or briefs on stage? On stage. Thank it you. It has to be mm. correlated and tied to music. That's, that's a smart man. Good. That's why you get paid the big bucks right, right there. Right. That's it. It's good stuff. Um, so you can catch us there on email. Um, Instagram is just get fiddles and paradiddles. Yes. Get fiddles and, and paradiddles. Um, our funny Twitter handle is get fid paradid. Get fid paradid, you say. I like it. Damn you, Twitter. Damn you, Twitter. And you're shortened. And you're shortened. At yes. names. <clears throat> but yeah, hit us up. Let us know if you got any uh, anything that's uh, pressing, uh, any questions, any kind of topics you, you'd like us to touch on. Uh, let us know, uh, and we will do our best to accommodate. Absolutely. Uh, well, today is a special day. We have... Uh, super excited. Super excited. Take, take a, a drink. Take a drink. Um, we have our very first uh, guest on yes. the podcast, um, a guy named Miles Brown. Is yes, here Miles with us. Brown, welcome to our little episode here, buddy. Thanks no, for coming, thanks man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, excited. Um, Miles has some some quite uh, accomplishments to, to talk about, and we'd like to tell our listeners a little of, of his his qualifications. So yeah, John, yeah. So, John, I'm going to so, kick it So, Miles, uh, I've known Miles for, for quite a while now. Um, Miles and I have a uh, our paths crossed earlier in our uh, in our musical careers and it's been a while since I've seen Miles uh, but it's good to have him on and we're going to um, kind of just let everybody know like what are you doing now Miles like where are you are you playing out or are you are you are you uh, recording like what 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 where can we find Miles yeah if yeah we want to um, I'm playing out a good bit uh, right now I do a lot of money gigs yeah um, those are good yeah they're good they keep it rolling you know yeah um, uh, I always write songs. Yeah. And we'll be in the studio next cool. next Friday. Oh, so yeah, just awesome. Do a lot of it very, all the time. You know, very interesting. Yeah. Um, so so Miles, I you know I obviously know a good bit about you, but I I think that you are going to really shed a lot of light on a topic that we think a lot of people want to know about is you know how you got started, like what from 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 the very beginning till now. So I guess like just tell us like how you started like what instrument do you play where did it all kind of like start for you? Um, on my dad's side of the family, everybody played something. So when I got tired of sports, I was like mm -hmm. ten or so, I uh, got a guitar, and uh, took me a few months, but I really dug it, got into yeah. it, um, and yeah, played in bands up through high school, and then yeah, I went to uh, I went to Berkeley for a couple of years. Uh -huh. uh, I'm from Atlanta, so came back, went to Georgia State yeah. and the Atlanta Institute of Music. Uh, but yeah, I compose music, uh, play in bands. I like every kind of music pretty much. So it's funny, I actually started guitar when I was 11, so you got a year head start. I had to play 
I had to play tenor saxophone for a year. I actually played tenor sax. So I don't That's know cool if you though. remember. You remember Travis that worked at the music store at yeah. Ken Stan? Well, I got a saxophone out one day and I actually could make some notes. He's like, he looked at me funny. He's like, oh, how do you know how to play that? Like, Man, you don't know what I do. I play tenor sax. So, yeah. So the, la- the ladies don't necessarily like the tenor sax. No, no. Uh, so my uh, brother had a guitar and he didn't take to it very well at the time and I got it I got my very first guitar at 11 anyway this is about Miles not about me (laughs) anyway so we digress so Miles like I guess like so you got your first guitar when you were 11 you know like what kind of stuff were you doing like on the guitar were you listening to tapes I guess back in the day like CDs like what 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 did you do to kind of learn your your instrument like what types of things were you learning at the time um, some good old rock and roll, you right. know, uh, back then I loved Guns N' Roses, yeah. but they were kind of done by that time. Right. But yeah. Led Zeppelin, Jimi Hendrix, you know, if you play guitar, you got right. the, the dudes. Beyond. Yeah. Right. And, uh, I got into jazz in high school oh. just cause it's like an ocean of sure. stuff sure. to learn, you know, yeah. once you get over one hurdle, you're yeah. like, oh man, yeah. there's some more out there. So. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, when I started, yeah, a lot of rock, I, I was fortunate enough to have some, some good, uh, teachers when I was a kid. So like, it, did you have like, just like private one-on-one instructors that you would go see? Like no schooling, like just one-on-one, like. Yeah. From, I think when I was 11. Okay. I may have had the guitar for a little while, but yeah, I started right. lessons on Saturday and, uh, he made me read music. Interesting. Yeah. Read <laughs> right. to stab me one time because mm. I wasn't doing it. Okay. But but looking back on something like that, would you say, probably not at the time, but looking back, it's like you probably did get something out of that. Absolutely. Right? right? Yeah. So I guess the next, you know, so you're 11 years old, you're kind of taking some lessons, you're learning, you know, all this stuff. So I guess like when you got into high school and you discovered quote unquote jazz because it happened to me too but it didn't happen to me until I got into school I didn't I didn't discover like I didn't know what jazz was outside of like you know Boney James and Kenny G right? <laughs> you know what I mean so don't laugh it's not funny because most people well you play saxophone yeah, Kenny yeah, G yeah, I get it don't bust my balls I got it I got it <laughs> but but no seriously like it, it, it it's very profound when you discover jazz. Yeah. Like when you get turned on to like Miles or Thelonious Monk or yeah. something like that. And it's like, holy crap, what is this? Yeah. You know what I mean? So what when you got into that jazz music, like what was stuff that was being turned you were being turned on to? Like what was stuff that like really like changed your like wow, like I can play guitar like this piano player is comping chords or the lines he's playing on I can do that on my instrument like, yeah what what did jazz do for you at that time when you discovered it um it's like when you play rock and you're getting good you feel good about yourself yeah then you listen to some something like that and the notes are just hidden from you and it's right, like right 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 like, what is he doing right so then there's right. a whole process you got to learn how to spell all your chords you yeah. gotta learn some scales that might not sound good to you yeah. at the time or jive yeah. with you but um, yeah, I don't know. It just kind of happens gradually, I think. Yeah, yeah. It's it, it, it's one of those things. It's it's almost like peeling back an onion, right? Yeah. You know, you you you, you kind of have the, you know, your rock and your pop stuff is kind of the, the the outside peel. You know, you peel that off, and yeah. then you start. It's like, ooh, 
<laughs> what is this smell? <laughs> there's something good in there. There's something good in there. So you just kind of keep peeling back. So what you're saying is before too long, you're crying. Yeah, exactly. You're in tears. <laughs> gotcha. Because gotcha. Of, uh, it's so what hard. You've what you've yeah, discovered. It's like, like I immediately regret peeling this onion. This okay. is a like the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah. Okay. No, so I guess like, you know, uh, to kind of piggyback off that question, I mean, what, so you got, you kind of got your jazz door open for you. Um, I guess at, at some point you kind of figure out like, Hey, I'm probably pretty good at this. Like what point in your life where you're like, I could probably do this as a career, like not a hobby. Like, yeah. Like what was the, you know, if, if I were a listener listening to this, like what was the switch from, I definitely want to do this as a, as a living, as a career, go to college. Mm-hmm. Like what, what was that catalyst? For me, it was early because, uh, like I said, I had an uncle that was a professional jazz drummer. And I'm, I'm kind of a bonehead. I don't know what else I would do, honestly. Right. <laughs> uh, but, I, yeah, I did start, you know, feeling good about it and uh, had, you know, like-minded friends. Uh, I mean, maybe early high school or middle school, just I was like, I'm just going to keep doing this because, you know, it pays off. Right, yeah. right. And, and to kind of touch on that topic another thing you and i have in common miles is i my mother um she played in you know wedding bands and played at churches and stuff as a side gig you know because she was raising three boys basically by herself because my dad was uh, doing his thing at the time so you know they were divorced and i would get drugged to all these band rehearsals with my mom oh cool and i think just physically seeing a family member like wow they're doing music. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. You know, I think that kind of instills a little bit of, uh, you know, it takes the mystique or, 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 or the, you can't obtain this vibe of being a musician off when you see a family member that's totally. doing it. Yeah. You know, I think that, that, that definitely, um, inspires you. Definitely. You know, I think sure. that parents are a big part of that. So if you, my dad played drums mm-hmm. and he was a, you know, on the road, like tech for mm-hmm. a while. But I think if you have that background or even if you don't, if your family says do it and pushes you, yeah. you know, if they hold you back from that, like working in a music store, that like we did, like you would hear parents all the time be like, Oh my God, they have to practice for 30 minutes. Like it just wears me out and it should completely be the opposite. You know, you should be pushing your kids. You're like, go practice yeah. more. You want to practice for 45 minutes. You want to practice for an hour, do it. Um, that's the confidence that I think you're talking about. It's right. like, there's, it's not this mysterious thing because it's just in front of you. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, uh, take a drink, super important <clears throat> to have a, told you to have a um just to be inspired and not be discouraged by something that you want to do like yeah. it should inspire you to be like okay i can do this so um uh, to kind of to i guess keep the train rolling here so when you figure out like okay i can kind of do this um what i mean what do is it something that's like, okay, I got to go to college now? Do I need to seek out some kind of higher education? You know, like what was the, that process once you figured that out? Uh, I'm going to do this for a career. Obviously, I need to go to college. What, 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 yeah. what, what was the next kind of uh, process for you um, once you made that decision? Um, uh, well, same uncle, jazz drummer. He went to Berkeley yep. back when it was... In its early days. Yeah. I don't even think they could call it a college. I think it was Berkeley School of Music or yeah. something real mm-hmm. small, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, same thing he was saying. I kind of had the blessing from my parents. Mm-hmm. They weren't like, you need to do a real job or mm-hmm. some nonsense like that. They mm-hmm. were very cool the whole time. Um, 
But so, yeah, in, in high school, it just, I was playing in bands and stuff, mm -hmm. and it was like, well, there are some schools that you can go to to study music. Right. And uh, so, yeah, Berkeley was sort of on the table. So, so what did, I mean, like, what did you have to do, man? Like, what did you do? Did you send them a letter and be like, hey, I'm Miles, I want to come to your school? Like, <laughs> what, what exactly, like, what's, what, 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 if I wanted to go, like, what, what do you, like, what did you do? Like, I'm, because, you know, not to show your age or anything, but like, probably the internet wasn't as probably used. It wasn't that huge. It wasn't huge. I mean, it was like AOL dial-up, probably. Right, right. You still got Hotmail? Yeah, got, got that Hotmail. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Got that, got, this is this is like like A mail, not a, way before yeah, Gmail. Way before A mail. Yeah. Listen to you. Like that A mail. <laughs> anyway, um, so like yeah. So what did you do, Miles? Like, what did you? Uh, how did you reach out to Berkeley? Like, what was your process of getting from Georgia to Berkeley? Uh, you apply. They want to make sure you've had you know five good years and you're not totally green. Sure. Sure. Um, so was it like an audition thing? Like, did you have to send them some sort of tape? I did or, send them a, a CD, I think. And then I flew up uh, and did a scholarship audition. Okay. Which I actually didn't get because I couldn't, I could barely read music. Yeah. I was just like a player. Just like, right. Right. You know, academically not quite there yet. Right. But so I did fly up there and audition, but I don't know if that was even required. Uh, okay. If, uh, if they dig your tape, um, the application solid. Then they contact the you. Send you. Yeah. You know, pay your tuition and you're probably ready to go. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So, when you got to Berkeley, um, what was the first thing that immediately stood out to you that you probably had a preconceived notion of, like, like you were going to like breeze through this school? Was it like what? Was there any expectation level that you had set, and did it meet it? Did it? exceeded like what what was that whole experience like because i'm sure they probably roomed you with somebody you never even met i would imagine yeah that's funny yeah um yeah the roommate situation is funny but yeah when i <laughs> so so basically what he's saying is he don't want to talk about yeah. that okay uh, yeah, that's probably a had some half dead he was rooming with but but no i mean i'm just to you know obviously i'm sure that whole experience was you know, as difficult as it was with the curriculum, curriculum, I can't speak, um, being roomed up with some complete stranger probably doesn't help that situation at all. But like, so tell us about like, what, like, what was it like? Like, what did you do there? Um, I was sort of prepared for the workload. I think, mm -hmm. um, you've got to love it because it'll yeah. zap the fun real quick. Yeah. If, if, if you're kind of in love with the idea of playing yeah. music or if you want to, I don't know if, if if you're not ready to like study it 100%, it's going to kind of turn you off maybe. Right, right. But um I loved it. I mean, it keeps you you're in the practice rooms a lot of the day mm -hmm. when you're not in classes. Right. Uh but yeah, I, I dug it. it. It was great. Um I mean, it's supposed to study in something just to get a job, right. just to push a pencil. Push a pencil or mm -hmm. type away all day. Mm. Um but yeah, I don't know. I mean, getting to play your guitar all day, if that's yeah, your thing. Yeah, you know, and, and, and to, to circle back our last episode that we just came out last week is called, Are You In Love With The Process? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. You know, like that, you would definitely have to be in love with the process of the academics, the school, the day-to-day, -day, the practice, the regimen. You yeah. have to be in love with that part of it to be able to fully realize the end point. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I think 
that's kind of where some of that rubber meets the road when you're in school and you're getting all of this data thrown at you. Yeah. And not just any kind of data. You're getting music theory from infancy till now. Here you go. Yeah. And stuff you think you'll probably never use. This is book work. Correct. But uh, it's going to be good for you. Right. If exactly. you want to do the music, I mean, right. it's good for you. It's it, going it, it, it's, it's to pay off. So... So you got to Berkeley. How long were you at Berkeley? Um, about how long did it take you to do the program? Um, when did you finish that up? I was only there two years. A lot of people don't finish for various reasons. Right. Uh, tuition's crazy. Yes, indeed it is. Uh, I'm from the South, so... Weather sucks. You deal with it, but yeah. then again, you can't have a car if you don't live, oh, if you're not from okay. Boston. Yeah. Uh, you cannot have a car. There's nowhere for your car. That's so it's insane. like you're going to walk. If your dorm's on Commonwealth, you got to walk in the no blizzard. No way. That's crazy. Ooh. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No things. But yeah, I was only up there for two two years. Then I came back because I'm, you know, like I said, from Atlanta. So, right. Uh, but I did love it. It was it was something now, else. Now, when you were at school out there, were you were you playing with anybody? Did you have like any like little little house gigs or anything that you did while you're out there or were you just on campus shedding, like doing I, I doing only school? remember a handful. Nothing I played at a hard rock cafe. Yeah. Uh, and just played in the jazz ensemble right, at the right. school. So we played yeah. at the performance center and stuff. Right. But it's actually pretty hard to go out and hustle a gig when you're like eighteen and yeah. green and you got a from Georgia. Nobody knows you. Yeah, you're like, hey y'all, hey y'all. Finish <laughs> a whole lot of homework and go play. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. sure that would probably turn a lot of people yeah, off. Like, Who's this? Who's this? Yeah, who? Yeah. But um, but no, you gotta pretty much give it 100. percent Yeah. Uh, towards your studies. Yeah, for sure. While you're there, at least the first couple of years. For and sure. Like I said, that's all I did there. So now this is where our paths cross. Um, you also went to the Atlanta Institute of Music as well, which is where the school I attended. Yeah. And um, I had met you prior to school. I saw you do a gig at DT's in Athens. You were in that place? Yeah. Night. That was the first time I saw you with that wine red Les Paul. Oh, funny. You obviously and made an impression. You remember your listen, guitar. <laughs> listen, I probably never told you this, man. This is going to be like, like having a bromance so right here fanboy like, situation I'll right. never never forget it was probably I don't know probably two weeks before I started school oh yeah and I was like somebody had told me that you were either already going or and I was like I saw him play I was like what the fuck am I about <laughs> to get myself into oh boy what am I doing <laughs> you know just had a you know one of those rare moments in life where you just have like this come to Jesus just like wow, you know. I, so basically, basically, you saw a picture of what was expected. Yeah, because I mean, scared. I mean, he was. I mean, you know, Miles is a monster player, and he's always been a good player. But it's like, you know, for me, I, I, my, I wasn't there. My playing chops weren't at a level that yours was at at that particular time. I wasn't anywhere in the stratosphere, mm-hmm. and that scared me to death. Yeah, because I was like, man. I'm not even like anywhere near this guy and I'm, he's already in this school. Mm. So any rate to get your, your, your phenomenal miles. Oh, I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to blow you up anymore. Jeez. Oh, well, you could, uh, you know, um, but so you went to aim. Why did you feel like you needed more schooling? Was it just something you just wanted to do or like what, what got you to that school? Um, 
at that time, well, okay, Berkeley's kind of its own entity. Yeah, right. So going to a university system, they didn't recognize a lot of credits and stuff. So I would have had to have gone to Georgia State. I hung out, or I hung with Georgia State for a year. Okay, so you before and you went to Georgia State, and like yeah. you went to a four-year college, like you were wanting to do some sort of degreed. Yeah, and I was thinking move back home, be able to network, because that's what was missing from a sure. town I'm not from, and I'm not really making plans to stay right. after school. Check so. out a former episode on networking. It's very important. It is important. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super important. Georgia State, I would have been back pretty much sophomore and have to do a totally different yeah. set of classes. Yeah. And I was like... Because none of those credits will transfer exactly. over it's not, into that. It's right. not a university system. Right. I didn't recognize a lot. Right. You know, so I was like... And he was a good school, you know. Jimmy Herring went through there. Yes, All he did. the teachers were right. super solid. Yeah. I could have been out of there in a year, which yeah. I guess I was. Yeah. Um, and it's it's in Atlanta, where I'll probably be. My yeah. family's from here, so yeah, makes sense. And uh, yeah, the president's great. Yeah, he, he gets you work if you right. go through there. You know, right. it's a good uh, it's a good place to be and yeah. know people. You know? Right, right. Good, good avenue to uh, connect with other. Uh, like-minded musicians, up-and-comers, if yeah, you will. Yeah, So that's um, what led to that decision, is not staying at Georgia State another four years. Right. After. So I guess, like, once you got, uh, my next question is, and it, 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 I know my experience is probably a little bit different from this point, but, like, because obviously I didn't go to Berkeley, so you've got, you've already got that in your bag. Like, what was the biggest, I mean, obviously other than, the location, the the obvious is like what was the difference between what you learned at Berkeley versus AIM? Like, what kind of uh, approach or teachings? Uh, how did it differ from Berkeley? I'm sure Berkeley is probably more like traditional, you know, out of the book type stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe AIM was more like from the player's perspective, like here's a one on one on what you need to know kind of stuff. Yeah, like, well, the higher up AIM stuff was. Pretty similar to Berkeley, actually, because right. you know it's, it's like say it's its own thing. They yeah. can kind of go on the teacher's strengths and do what they right. want, like right. tailor the curriculum to the to yeah the exactly what will help. Sure, rather than get this credit, this mm-hmm. credit, then mm-hmm. you go to this class, mm-hmm. and two mm-hmm. more credits. Mm-hmm. So um, it 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 wasn't totally different, other than like the size yeah. and uh, you know Berkeley had all sorts of different piano players, right. French horn, all you know, yeah. a bunch of random stuff, and right. Aim was like guitar, bass, drums at yes. the time. Now it does recording, which is yeah. cool. But uh, it actually it was pretty similar. Very similar. Thing. Yeah. Well, hmm. the thing that um, for me, like as far as like the workload, for me it was it was it almost I almost succumbed to the, the information hmm. that was coming at me. I didn't know how to read. I had some blues licks. And that's all I had. Yeah. I could tell you the difference between a major scale and a minor scale. Hmm. And it was one note. And I was good on that. Right? You know, it's like major scale got a major third, minor scale got a minor third. Yes. Got a sad third. Got yes. it. Yes. Nailed it. Nailed it. Give me the that's diploma. My hand, Give my me hand. that diploma. Give me that diploma. <laughs> so, anyway, you know, um, you know, looking back, if I, I wish I would have had a little bit of that one-on-one instruction, but however, at any rate, to, 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 to digress, uh, like, was the workload hard for you? To, like, was it, were you absorbing this material much, much uh, at a steadier pace and say somebody like me who had never had any kind of training? Like, how, how, how did the work, uh, workload and the information they were throwing at you differed from Berkeley to AIM, would oh, you say? It was much harder 
and more at Berkeley, I guess. Sure. But uh, that sort of prepared me for, I, I think I'd had some years of it and I was older, so at AML mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is mm-hmm. okay. And still learning a piece of music that you might not want to learn, you just have to do it for school. It, mm-hmm. it went faster, I think. And, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I think I was just more prepared at that time because I was right. out of my teens by that point. Yeah. Probably more mature and ready to work. Right. Now, so... The other thing I, I, I guess, because I remember, because I, I would come and see you, I know you were playing out a good bit while you were at school, too, yeah. right? Um, that distracted from school a little, but that's, yeah, you got to juggle it. Yeah, you know? you got you to juggle it. And I guess, you know, the stuff that you were learning at AIM versus what you were learning at Berkeley, were you able, did you feel like one, one uh, place was the information was soaking in or was it just you were gathering it all and it was just all soaking in at the same time for me I didn't I you know all the stuff I learned at AIM really didn't hit me till about two years after I got out of school yeah you know what I'm saying yeah like it was just in commute I was computing I was, yeah. it, was, it was in processing processing yeah right and you need a ram upgrade and a ram upgrade <laughs> man it was, it was a little slow but like so I, I'm probably not illustrating my question right but like what 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 did you gain like from aim versus what you gained from from berkeley like was there because it seems like you got some maybe more like real life applications like because jimmy herring was a teacher Mm -hmm. you know he was going to probably this is what you really need to be solid on as a guitar player versus versus, you know you know learning the fifth mode of melodic minor yeah at, at berkeley you know like hammering that home like does that make sense? Like, yeah, AIM is definitely some real-world stuff because, yeah, all the teachers had their gigs. Bill Hart, they would all go play, you know, on mm-hmm. the nights they weren't teaching. So Yeah, and that, that was huge for me, too, because we were able to – our teachers would have gigs. Oh, you know, wow. So we could go out and watch these. I mean, you know, for me, you know, that was that was huge, like seeing these guys, you know, because it – it, I had to up my game. Like, it kind of gives you a picture of what, you know, right. this is where it could it, be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's just mm-hmm. like when you go out and you see bands or you see cats that you enjoy and it's like they're just killing it. And it's like, okay, mm-hmm. that's what I got to do. Yeah. <laughs> Let me pull up my bootstraps yeah. here and get yeah. to work. That's so, the goal, yeah. You know, so, you know, that that I think that, you know, what you gain from school is honestly what you put into it. You know, it's not, I don't. I wouldn't classify it as, as enjoyable. Yeah. I mean, I, I shouldn't say enjoyable. Maybe fun. I mean, you. It's enjoy not all the, fun. It's yeah. not all fun. You so know, some of the stuff is like, like you have to be disciplined. You yeah. know, when you're when you're doing that stuff. But I think before, you know, you you even do the school thing, you don't necessarily have to. Now, we live. Times are so much different, dude. Yeah. You know, especially you know we're all in the same age bracket here. You mm-hmm. know, you know, you know, forties. Yep. You know, how old are you, Miles? 30s. Never mind. He's in his 30s. Chris and I are our 40s. Okay, it's okay. Age is a number. That's right. It's all, it's all good. Um, so, but you can still, you're old enough to remember, like, the internet just 10 years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's just completely changed the game. It's almost leveled the playing field across all the, all the, all the arts, if you will, as far as teaching yourself. Yeah, totally. So... I guess my question is, is like, what, like, is that something you, would you still be doing what you're doing without the schooling? Like you would have gone to the school of hard knocks versus the school of Berkeley, right? Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it, you, like I, I just think that they're, if, if, 
you have to make a choice, mm-hmm. like you were saying. Like, okay, I, I'm going to do. I'm going to do this process. I'm going to embrace all of this crap. I've got to learn to just be proficient at my craft. Right. You know, I don't think necessarily schooling is something that you have to have. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, not not now. I don't think it is because because yeah. the internet being what it is, it's like you said, it's level the playing field. Right. Which is good for the the player right probably bad for the universities right right um but it depends on what you like you said earlier it depends on what you put into it you know what right. I mean? so if if you were to go online it requires a lot of the the, the player the, you know I, i'm going to have to seek out everything i want to learn mm-hmm. and i'm probably going to learn it in a strange order you know like a lot of things you go online and learn unless you take a, a course that's made for you to learn from a to b right then if you're out there seek, seeking this stuff say youtube or whatever you're learning pieces of it you know yeah. it's, it's mm-hmm. very uh fragmented mm-hmm. so to speak so you know the thing like a university does is probably really keep you on a path and it holds you accountable whereas mm-hmm. you know human beings Especially when we're learning something new, motivation is a hard thing. It, it was for me. I right. mean, I was a lazy bag of poo, man. When it when it when it came to being disciplined about practicing, yeah, you know, regimented practicing and like practicing with a purpose, which we we talked about on on our uh, previous podcast. Like, there's no accountability, and right. when you don't have that as a human being, a lot of times, you know, life will get in the way yeah. real quick. Yeah, it'll fall short. You know, and, yeah. and, and the other thing that um, I want to kind of circle back to AIM, you know, something that really benefited me was just having to be at school practicing when you weren't in class. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you physically, there was a old school time card. You had to go in and clock. You remember that thing? You had to go in and punch in like a time. Somebody would check wow. your hours. Yeah, yeah. And they would check wow. your hours, dude. <laughs> That's pretty cool. And... I got a lot of those little cut-off little papers, like, you're 18 hours deficient sure. this week. You're like, what? Oh, my god! Man, that machine is broke, man. That thing's like, <laughs> it's out there. Yeah. 10 hours I already. live here. What are you talking so, about? But that's what I didn't, um, I, I didn't have that, that structured framework of, I've got to practice this certain amount of hours, because it was, it was considered part of your, your classwork, like you had to do a certain amount of lap. If you were full time or part time, you had to do practice time and class time. It was a combined, collected, collective, yeah. mm-hmm. cumulative thing. Yeah. Like, what kind of stuff were you doing in those practice rooms? Like, clearly, you weren't working on Dave Poole's book that was just god awful. I mean, no I'm sorry. page numbers. Yeah, no page numbers, no nothing. <laughs> like, no, but seriously, like, you were at a level. Like, like, what kind of stuff were you working on at that time? Like, this is probably more for me than, than anybody else. Like, what oh. kind of stuff were you doing? Um, I'd make sure I got my assignments done yeah. by that time. But, yeah, I always like to write stuff. And I always, if I'm improvising, I'm looking for stuff to keep. Just making musical. Just yeah, making music. I, I always default to that. Right. When I have to stay on topic, you know, just sort of get my stuff done while I'm there. I mean, yeah. by that time, I was a little more academically minded I think sure it's like like you were saying I don't know too many 18 year olds that, that get out there and are just tunnel vision focused on their goals and motivated so, absolutely but, sure but by this time yeah I was you know and I saw the end in sight mm-hmm. getting out of school right. and starting a career or whatever right uh, so yeah I was probably a little of both yeah assignments my own thing you know, right and, and and the other thing too um, I don't know if you remember but there were um there were a lot of good players yeah. that were at that school when Miles and I were there. Um, lots of good players. Um, and it, it, it was just something that, 
you know, speaking to the, the person out there in podcast world that, you know, is thinking about, you know, is this the right thing to do? You know, if you're really serious about wanting to play your instrument, if it's drums, bass, guitar, whatever, you know, definitely seek out some sort of, just get a perspective other than, than yours, obviously. Mm. But, you know, YouTube can't provide a, a seasoned musician's perspective. Oh, yeah. Right yeah. on on basically cutting through the through the muck to get mm-hmm. you on a path mm-hmm. to provide some accountability. Yep. So you can kind of you know get over you know that that any kind of hurdles or help you determine like if you're really going to cut the mustard. Right. Right. You know, and um, you know I'm sure you probably had some of those moments where you know you know coming from your background where it's like you you felt that. You know yep. what I mean? Where, yeah, like, I mean, I didn't do the college thing. I wish I had. Even to this day, I wish I had done it. Yeah. Um, but I was fortunate, as I've told John, to to work in a music store that had lessons going on. There was a, a drum teacher there. His name's Art Thompson. Um, that guy taught me so much. Oh, and, wow. and he knows that. He knows that. You yeah. know, um, I learned so much from him just by him being being in the room with him eight hours a day, five days a week. You know, just being near mm-hmm. him was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I felt like a lot of times I was like grabbing in the dark, you know, mm. like trying to find things sure. that would feel, sometimes you don't know what it is. If you don't go to school, I would say just my, my perspective mm-hmm. is you don't know what it is you're trying to fix or mm-hmm. correct. Yeah. And when you do finally figure it out, maybe it's too late and you really got to focus on it. So you're just kind of reaching for things. So right. I would tell anybody that's like, maybe I want to go to school. Definitely go. Cause I, I regret it. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, uh, uh, for me, uh, I think looking back and you can I'll, I'll i'll throw the question to you just if you want to get really good at something be around people that are better than you yeah totally all day yeah, yeah. and and, 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 to, and to add to that if you're around people that are better than you if those people are holding you accountable that's it you man. can do no wrong and, yeah. and, and, and like you know like there's no competition like i, I know miles is not competing like it but like the skill level that he's at like that's there's a bar you know that that I, that that professional musicians air quotes because you can't see, but you know what I'm saying. Like there's a standard. <laughs> yeah. Like when you go out and you're listening to somebody, like they gotta hit all those boxes, right? Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of where you can start seeing. Ah, oh, that guy checks off that box right there. I need to work on that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. it just kind of it gives you some uh, checks your parameters off for where where you're at, and that's kind of what it did for me. Is it put me in an environment to where I was surrounded by uh, just killer players. I mean, you know, Chris Coleman was there playing the bass. You know, that monster drummer guy? Yeah, yeah. He was doing the bass program while we were at AIM. Oh, funny. <laughs> so go check out Chris Coleman. Yeah, I'm yeah. Just, you guys just, don't know. Just, just, just YouTube Just Chris YouTube him or Google him. Yeah. So I, I remember, you know, him and Tom Knight would get up and demo, like, those sting tunes and odd meter class yeah, uh-huh. and I'm just like I quit that's stupid <laughs> I can't play I can't I don't know yeah. I do 4 yeah. and 6 8 and 12 8 that's yeah. it you can't that's count to 5 do. what's 5 that's all I do Miles so uh, but so to kind of to get back on on target like do you think looking back on all your schooling do you think that that was the difference or was like your real life real world playing like what you're doing now like like, what do you think kind of was really the most important kind of shift in, in pushing you down the right way? Was it the school or was it just 
you know, gigging out? Like, what was it a combination of both? Like, I think it was a combination of both. Um, like, I wasn't focused enough at 18 to get out there and start hustling. Right. And also, you're going to fail and come up short sure. in your life, in your career. Yeah. Might as well do that in your college years and not yes. get out and get scene out early. And, right. And botch some gigs and then people be like, I don't know. Dude's young. He don't know what he's doing. Right. Right. Because so. I think that they're, you know, obviously... Even not going to school, you have to go out and pay your dues, right? One yeah. way or another. One yeah. way or the other, you <laughs> yeah. have to pay your Get dues. Get your butt kicked. <laughs> you know? yeah. um, and this is kind of off script, and I want to talk about it because I think it's in super important. Take a drink. Um, the you know where I re met Miles again after because once we the school thing ended, like we didn't see each other again until I started working at the music store. Yeah, you were teaching lessons in there, and I was like, oh, Miles, hey, buddy, <laughs> you know. And Chris worked at a music store for for a good bit um, as well, and um, every and this kind of touches back to just the networking part of things, like being around musicians. Mm-hmm. I think is just as important as having your craft down. Oh yeah, yep. you know, because if you're not in a network or in a scene, like, what do you? What are you doing? Like, yeah, who, right. Who's going to call you? Who's going to call right. you? Right. Right. <laughs> so, having having that that ability to be surrounded by people that are like minded musicians, you know, it's huge, man. Yeah. yeah, it makes a difference. I mean, I've I've said this on the podcast. I've said it to John. I've said it to a lot of people. The best decision I made without school, the best decision I made was working in that music store because it totally. helped me network on a way, it helped me grow in a way that. I, I could not have imagined. And I mean, if huge. I remember yeah. correctly, I even threw you one of my corporate gigs because uh, you yeah. had to set up one of my gigs for I me. I did, yeah. See? It's who boom. you know. It's who you know. It's just, it's super important. Just take yep. another yep. take another step. Yep. It really is to kind of, that really changed the game for me. I got all my touring gigs from working at a music store. Yeah. Everything like professionally like that I've done in music has come through a music store's door. Right. You know, and... Uh, you can't put uh, a price on making sure that you keep yourself surrounded by people like that, you yeah. know, and it, it, that doesn't have to mean that if you got a day job or something like that, you don't necessarily can't apply yeah. to being, I mean, you know, it's, it, that's not that at all, but you know, just making sure that you're, you go out, go to shows, you know, you're, you know, going to jam sessions or open mics or whatever, putting yourself out there that, Hey, I want to do this. And, yeah. You know, because you don't necessarily have to be, in a touring band or you know it's just making a living earning earning a living playing your instrument yeah you know and I, and I guess to kind of circle off that question like so once you kind of got out of school you're doing your thing like what what was the first thing that really you had to stay focused on was like I got to make sure I'm doing this number of gig like what like what was your plan of attack like when you got out of school, like, where, did you feel like you wanted to go and do play shows? Like, you wanted, like, what exactly did you say I'm gonna do? Um, yeah, then I got into a band with some friends and we toured around for some years. All right. And uh, I, uh, on my own, I got into writing orchestral music and studying composition. Ah, sort of on that's my right. own. I forgot even more. about that. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, I hit the books so, for like so, 10 years just devouring that stuff because by then I was like, so tell tell us what is this orchestral music you speak of? What exactly are you doing? Are you doing movie scoring? 
Are you doing film scoring? Are you like what? Do, what, no. type of, what type of stuff for? Like I did educate film. Uh, last year I wrote some music for a software company, but uh, I just love it. I do it. Um, now are we talking like full orchestra scores here? Yeah, dude? yeah, yeah. Man, that's hard, Miles. <laughs> what are you doing? That's crazy. It's, uh, that's insane. It's something. So, um, so, so, what do you like? I've always wondered, like, how do you, how do you? It, obviously, like when you're writing the score, like, is it? Are you have you got some melodies that you're writing to, or like? Yeah, what? there's techniques to it. Like, okay. um, it it works out if you write for like two or three like piano lines yes. uh-huh. and then you orchestrate it. There's techniques to it. Right. Like what are you going to double? What right. instruments work with others? What don't work? You right. Know? That's crazy. Um, but yeah, I've had a, let's see, a string quintet um, performance a couple years ago. Interesting. That's a weird way to make a buck. I must Yeah. Say. I was going to ask. That's, 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 that's a, that's, that's kind of crazy that you got into that, that that's just the music nerd half of sure. me. But, um, but still an avenue to, to finance the the bank account, yeah, but, you know and in mean? Georgia, you know that's getting big. It's here. huge, absolutely, so. absolutely. Um, I've got a uh, a friend of mine. He does. He writes jingles and stuff. He's up in Nashville. Cool. And he makes so much money. Yeah, just yeah, mailbox it. money. Just like, how did you get into orchestral scoring? Was it something that you just kind of like got into because it was for fun and like? I always kind of like the music. Sure. Um, but then. I've been kind of weird. I listened to nothing but jazz for five years. Yeah, I did that too. But then I got over that. Yeah. And now I, I'm happy to say I listen to everything and like God bless music, you, Miles. Yes. Pop, you know, popular stuff, funky music, yes. I like everything. Yes. But then after that, yeah, I, I got into orchestral music. Um, but at the same time, I was playing in a touring band. So right. Right. Weird. That that is weird. But golly, it's very interesting. Very interesting. The the yeah. the. The musician's brain because it's just it's always firing it's yeah. like yeah what else is there yeah. out it's there it's like what you like may not make any sense or may yeah. not be lucrative but yeah. it's like and, and it's funny you mentioned that about the jazz because I did the same thing dude like for about five or six years man nothing but jazz and I'm talking like just the hardest swinging bebopping stuff yeah. you could find man yeah you know because I, I was looking for I think at the time I was like trying to keep the 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 envelope pushed yeah right? trying to yeah. keep the boundaries holding yourself accountable right yeah like golly man like i am not anywhere near this like i can't even do this at 100 beats on a freaking metronome <laughs> let alone at 190 Oof. right like some of that old freddie hubbard stuff you know like, oh yeah i love it Nah. so anyway like so i, I did the same thing and you kind of get to a point to where it's like you feel like not that you've because there's so much jazz but you it's like you get to a point where it's like, okay, enough's enough. Yeah, that's a lot of improvising. Yeah, it's just a lot of it's a lot of a lot of notes, a lot of me. Yeah, a lot of exactly, <laughs> a exactly. lot of me. And maybe that's the name of the that's the name of the episode. A lot of me. A lot of me. <laughs> and, and you, you you might that sounds kind of dirty. Mm-hmm. It's okay. A lot of a me. lot it's of a, me. It's, it's up for interpretation. Yeah. So I want to talk about this too, um, and we might dive deep into this in another episode, like. You, so, for me, I am a sucker for like good pop music. Oh, me too. You know, yep. I know if I remember correctly, you don't like Journey. Is that correct? Do I remember correct? Or was it somebody else? It might have been somebody I'm, else. I might have made a face. Or that they're they're not your favorite. Let's, is but, that fair to say? Well, the dude's voice is unreal because yeah. my range is like right. nothing. Right. Like, hearing somebody like that, it's like wow, that's a yeah. gift right there. See and, and see, like I remember when I was at right before I got to school, I couldn't stand Journey. It was just too cheesy. It was too 
commercial. Too commercial. Yeah, yeah. yeah. especially if you're standing in that jazz you know, lane. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, yeah. Know, same thing with like Toto. Oh, I love Toto, oh, and Toto. I think of you every time I hear like see? Jeff Ricardo. So do I. So like, do see? I. Yep. That's good. You see, you hear that? Get fiddles and paradiddles. I yep. have made my mark. Listen. To, here's the mark. Listen to Toto. Listen to yeah. Toto. But like clear as day, every time Africa would come on, I just throw up in my mouth. <laughs> you know. But because my mom loved it, you know, she'd always be singing it, you know, but like all that old 80s pop stuff, like, like I, just having like this renaissance with me mm. because now I know like, you know, Steve Lukather was playing the guitar on a lot of that oh, stuff. A lot of it. Yeah. You know, Mike Landau, yeah. you know, all those, you know, Larry Carlton, the Steely Dan stuff. Like you start figuring out who these cats are playing this stuff. And it's like, man, that is some really good stuff. So circle back before I get off topic, like. What like when you're listening to you know music for enjoyment? Like for me, when I listen to something like even like old Toto song, like I'll pick out a part like the bass line or what's the kick drum doing with the bass line? Yeah, you know, like it's a curse almost. You know, and I'm like, you know, first I'll start singing, then it's like, golly, it's mm. a really nice syncopated yep. bass note yep. pattern he's got over. You know, it's yeah. like you pick stuff out. Do you do that with music? Like when you're listening to it. Is it, like a, is it like a curse for you like it is for me? Yeah. A blessing and a, a curse. Blessing and a curse, yeah. Yeah, a lot of that, I think, comes with being a mature player because yeah. you get out of, you're not listening at the guitar anymore. If right. you're a guitar player, it's like, right. what are they doing? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it could affect what you play, you know, if, yeah. if you are more conscious of other instruments and what they're doing. But yeah, yeah I do zero in on stuff and I'm like, hmm. Yeah, a kick drum thing will be in my head. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, that's like yeah, yeah, exactly. It just sticks with you, and and I hope that uh, I'm hoping that this makes its way back and around to younger players, like the ability to to listen. Yeah, right, and to think outside of, especially for guitar players. You know, it's bigger than than your sweet picking of arpeggios. You, yeah, right. (laughs) You know, And, and the same for 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 our drum brethren, like. Playing to the song, right? Yeah. Learning a song. Yeah. Play for the song. Play yeah. for the song. Not yeah. for you, right? Not, not, not for you. And I think that that is super important to another drink. When you're listening to those classic pop songs, is the all of that everything is so tight. And yeah. You have a nice little bow. Like here you go. Yeah. Take this with you. Oh yeah. You know. And I feel like that's something that's missing from today's pop music. Is that polish? It's polished, but it doesn't have that musicianship. Yeah, that that was littered with all those great old school like pop songs. You know, because yeah. you had all those heavy hitting players mm-hmm. on the sessions. You well, I, w- I, mean? I would like to get Miles kind of his thoughts on this because you and I have talked about sure. how we feel like musicianship is getting watered down, yeah. probably because the internet is so vast. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you could find anything, but you don't seek it out. Yeah. So, do you feel the same way? Do you feel like it's it's like getting you know more watered down over the years? Yeah, and since anybody can just do it and put stuff up there, it's mm-hmm. it's getting hard to. But yeah, just you know, having your musician buddies, you know, ask what they're listening to because there's mm-hmm. good stuff out there. So oh, yeah, indeed, there right, really right. is. There, yeah, there really is. And I think there. people will get sort of tired of the laptop pop stuff eventually, maybe, and seek out some more yeah. human. Let's it, hope it's a cyclical stuff. cyclical process for sure. Yeah, uh, it's just the um, the convenience factor. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
It's the attention span too. It, it, I think that's what it is. Span, is and, and nobody the, puts a record on and listens to it. You know, they listen yeah. to a single and they move on to the next single right. and the next single and And it's instant gratification. Yeah. Like, are you, you going to sit around and like shred, you know, to a metronome for three years or eight hours a day? Like right. you get your garage band and hit your little mm-hmm. you know, drum loop mm-hmm. and you're you know, boots and cats and boots and cats, you're ready to go. <laughs> right? You're you're ready to put something together. And I think that's probably changed a lot of the framework for music in general because i just don't i don't feel i mean there's some stuff out there like there's some good uh really good like pop music whatever you want out there um you have to search a little bit harder for it it's not yeah. you're not going to find it on the radio dial definitely unfortunately and that's something that i think you know it's kind of sad because i remember when i was little you know eight nine ten years old you know this was you know, 1987, 80, 88. And I went back and looked, I mean, dude, like the, the pop charts, it was like that old Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, like Peter's Terra era Chicago. Yeah. Like yeah. All those hits, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can't think of all off the top of my head, but like all that stuff, like <clears throat> Hall and Oates. Yeah. You know, even like the old Whitney Houston stuff. Oh, I want to dance. Sure, sounds good. I mean, like that was like, yeah. That's a quality pop song. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Despite if you don't like her or not, the fact that that is a really well-crafted three-minute pop song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like that kind of, the, there's qual- there's some substance there, I guess yeah. is what I'm saying. Yep, yep. I don't feel substance in some of the pop songs that are out, you know. Yeah, I just, feel like it's a young person they just cherry-picked and then right. wrote songs for them, put the team behind them, and there you go. Boom, if there you go. Work, there's a couple yeah. more. Yeah, yep. and, I, and, and I, you know, and I'm sure, you know, back then there, there, you know, artists would have songwriting teams that would write songs for them, but it, it, it was different in the sense that, like, like with Chicago, the band Chicago, like they would, they're playing these parts, you know, yeah. minus some of the studio musicians, but, yeah. you know, the players they had in the band, like they, they, they were legit players, yeah. man, like you know, this is not some garage band put together project like it had some substance to it mm-hmm. and you probably can attest to because you know you 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 know you're very well versed in music like the substance mm-hmm. across all genres i would say yeah you know has gotten watered down to a certain certain well i extent. think if you look at it at a high level like the stuff that the radio feeds you that's what we may be talking about mm. uh, but you do have to dig deeper yeah you, know? you have to dig so much deeper to find like you know, a, a good player or a good band. Like yeah. you just have to dig more than you used to, yeah. you know? And so right. I would encourage listeners, musicians, everyone, you know, don't just go off what's on the radio because mm-hmm. that is a very small picture of what's. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And, and, and it, there's just so much, uh, there's, there's so many more options. If you just kind of go and, and dig a little deeper, just Google search, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. really, I mean, Google's your best friend at this point. Um, the, the other thing that I think that I want to ask you, Miles is like, what do you, um, when you, so when you're out doing, like when you play live or whatever you're doing musically, like what is something that you've learned from music school that you always, no matter what, it's the first, it's like, it always comes back to you. Like, like for me, something I learned at music school is make sure your instrument's in tune. Yeah. Like seriously, I, Carl Culpepper, I don't yeah. know if you remember it. He's like, all right, let's tune up guys. 
Every class. Every time. Every time. And that's always important to me because I can't stand, can't stand <laughs> an out-of-tune guitar. It's like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah, it's bad. You know, I mean, if you're like a power trio, you know, and you're doing like, if, whatever, you're like a half-step down, that's, but, yeah, you know what I'm saying, Miles? Yeah. Like, you're playing together and you're you, off. It's right. Like, oh. It's just, it's, it's, I can't do it. So, like, is there something like, like, that's seared in your brain that you learn from, from school that you take with you? Um, one more music, like musical thing, uh, is how chords work in a key. I got mm. that, uh, pretty early. So if, if, if you're in some kind of situation, a studio thing, or right. playing with somebody, uh, if there's a group of chords, no matter how weird, it's like, what do I do with it? Right. Like narrowing down what key it's in. Yes. You do want to learn how to spell all your chords. Yes. Yes. Like let's, the let's, formula for all your chords. Yeah. 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 But, uh, getting that early was great and I draw on it like pretty much every situation I'm in I think so to extrapolate on that a little bit let's say you don't go to school one thing that you have to be able to understand is re the relationship of chords and what scales they come from and vice versa yeah right uh, knowing your key signatures mm -hmm. you gotta know that like yeah. what key are you in yeah what key are we playing in you gotta know that and the other thing is you gotta know where the chords are coming from mm. Right, so those two things probably, if you've got a good grasp on that, you're pretty good to go. I would say. Yeah. yeah. Like that's that's probably about seventy five percent of school. Yeah. Is is just that basic theory one hundred and one. Yeah. Um, because it's going to give you the roadmap. Um, one of the things that we touched on in a other episode, Miles, is uh, Nashville numbers, mm -hmm. uh, lead sheets, yeah. and sight reading. Now, for you, like doing orchestral stuff, I mean, it's all probably. You know, sight read. It's all on you know grand staff. Yeah, that's that stuff. Is, yeah, but when you're out in a gig, like, what are you looking at? Nashville numbers, lead sheets. Like, what kind of like usually how a chart? If it's jazz or any kind of new hip like Atlanta funky stuff. Right. A lot of times, dudes now chart it out just because okay. it cuts down rehearsal sure. time. You don't yeah. have to spend eight hours. Right. Now, is it something that's like lead sheet where you got the melody line and the chord above the staff type deal? Or is yeah, that, okay. But whatever you are, if you're a trumpet player, just you know, get your spot in it, mm -hmm. kind of. Right. But, um, yeah, I've been able to read a, at least a chord chart if you're a right. guitar piano player. Right. And we we put up some links in the episode as far as national numbers, mm -hmm. um, because you can notate all of this uh, key signatures, uh, except for you know melodic ideas. Uh, like notes, you have to write a note out. But their national number will will uh, will cover a lot of this uh, charting for you. Yeah. Just the number system. So, um, and then you have the lead sheet, which is basically you'll have the melody line spelled out in, in notes, and yeah. then you'll have the chord above the staff. So yeah. If you're pretty solid on those two, you can pretty much you're you can go out and and, and audition or get any gig because that's what you're going to see um, for guitars. And I'm pretty sure for the drummers. You know, it'll be very similar. To, it's similar, you yeah. know, to to uh, what you would get. You know, you would either you would chart the song out yourself, mm -hmm. or there would be some uh, pre-charted out material that they would hand to you, and yeah. you would basically learn it along with the with the uh, the provided uh, yeah. three. I mean, it's most of the time for me. When a lot of drummers I talk to, we chart that stuff first because mm -hmm. I mean the notation is just so different. Yeah. You know, rhythmic notation. So. Yeah, a lot of that I just chart on my own. I'd say nine times out of ten, you know, that's what's that's what's there. You have to so. see where the hits are. Yeah, right. you yeah. could just memorize the song. I know a lot of drummers do it that way. Yeah. But if you yeah. just 
Yeah, right, I like right. to know kind of what's coming up. You know, yeah, like yeah. you can memorize, you know, eighty percent of it, but you know, any any kind of segue or setup, I mean, those things are good to have down. Yeah, yeah. It's also yeah. a time saver if you're on the clock, recording yes. whatever. Mm-hmm. If you yeah. got it, it's mm-hmm. like right, and that, and that's the, it, you just have to be prepared for it. Right? Yeah, it's it's about being prepared. You know, we we also discussed like you know you don't want to have like. 300 charts on four music stands across the stage right? <laughs> right but you know if you have a set list and you make some you know some key points on mm-hmm. the songs you know yeah. notate out some rhythmic permutations of a of the verse or yeah. the going into the chorus where however it sets it up so you know i guess you know something that is i guess it's more of a statement but i you know i don't looking back I could have basically did the same thing on the computer as far as the knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Gaining the, having the data, if you will. Yeah. But for me, like having, being around those quality, those caliber musicians such as Miles, mm-hmm. and there's other just, you know, badasses at school, you know, it, it makes you, it holds you accountable. Right. It really does. But I think that's the biggest difference. We, we said that, like, you you having that accountability because if I were to say, okay, I'm a, I'm a drummer or a guitar player. I'm just going to use the internet to teach myself, Mm. you know, weaving your way through that and, and and doing it every day for eight hours or four hours or whatever, you're probably going to fall off at some point. So that accountability is probably maybe more important than the knowledge you would gain. It it really was. I mean, it, it, it it saved me because the not the the data was, it was so, so much, so much. Mm -hmm. Like I just, couldn't I couldn't handle it, man. It's like overload. You know, it got yeah. to the point where it's like, man, I don't I don't think this is right for me. And it wasn't. I was asking the wrong. I was expecting the wrong things out of myself. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? It's like clearly you're not going to necessarily grasp the full spectrum of what they're teaching you, but narrow in on what they're trying. The point you're trying to get across, and just work on that. Yeah. And yeah. Stay and stay in that that yeah. moment. You mm-hmm. know, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. If it was learning my cage method, yeah. right? Like if I was working on a position out of the G shape or something like stay focused in on that G shape and that position, right? Don't worry about the other ones. Yeah. Just worry about that. Learn that one. Learn that one. <laughs> and so that's what I did. And um, I think um, a problem maybe some people have is just the, there's so much information. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. Where do I, where do I start? Yeah. Like what, you know, and then once you figure out where to start, is staying in that moment, staying in what you're working on. Oh. You know what I mean? And something that you probably do is like when you're practicing, you don't you're not sitting there working on stuff you're really good at. Right. Right? Yeah. You're, like you're 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 probably gonna spend some time on, on stuff that you need to to work on, you know, totally, that yeah. that you know is a weakness. And when you get to that point of realizing those three things, you know, key signatures chords and scales and then how to practice properly Mm -hmm. like that's that's stuff you're you're gonna take everywhere yeah you know and 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 especially for drummers i think it's to kind of circle back to the charting and and when you get on a live gig when you're playing out like you know immediately if everybody's prepared because the drummer is going to be the one that sticks out (laughs) first and foremost yeah you know what i mean (laughs) Uh, so that, you know, that's something that you, you got to really, um, I think that the school helps you with when you're on the live gig, how to prepare yourself to yeah. be ready to go, yeah. uh, when you're playing with other cats. Cause especially like if you're doing jazz stuff, man, you could be getting a call from some random person being like, Hey, can you come and cover this gig? Mm-hmm. 
you know, and you may be reading real book tunes all night, mm. you know, and like, you got to be prepared for that. Yeah. You know, and when I got out of school, like I was doing a lot of jazz stuff and we were reading out a real book, man. If I didn't go to school and first a real book, let's tell what a real book is, Miles. Let's let Miles, Miles, Miles. Will you tell yes. every, all of our uh, listeners what a real book is, sir? It's a book full of jazz tunes. They used to be illegal, I think. Yes, they used because to. Because they didn't pay publishers or uh-huh. whatever. I remember a dude selling them out of a Oh, a trunk of his car. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do too. That's where I bought mine from, actually, to AIM. I got mine from a buddy of mine who bought it. He got one for me and one for him out of that person's, you're talking about, the stash. Yeah, yeah, out, out of a book. stash yeah. of real books. Yeah, so but now they're legal. Yeah, and totally. Hot Letter got a hold yeah, of it or something. Yeah, but. yeah. They're, they're super legit now. But, yeah, I mean, it was like the Bible. Yeah, mm. if you want to play jazz, you got to deal with it. Yeah, it's something you had to be pretty pretty proficient at doing. Hmm. Um, so if 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 I didn't get that, you know, and, and reading out of the real book, it's they're, they're just all lead sheets. Yeah, you know, melody line, chords above the staff. But you know, that's great until it comes time to solo over those changes. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, where where do those chords come from? Yeah, you know. What is this B with the circle with the slash and a number up there? It's like, what is that? So the school, like that, that's where school, I think, pays off. Yeah. Because it prepared, it gives you that information beforehand. And a human telling you about yeah, it. Yeah, and I a human, exactly. The yeah, internet yeah. will lead you astray. Yeah. Yeah, know, so maybe. Five times out of ten, I think. Yeah. It, that was something for me that I, I really enjoyed was having our teachers were players, man. Like, yeah. I, I, like, I'm like, okay, these guys know what they're doing. Yeah. I need to listen to this guy. Yeah. You know, especially if like Randy Hoexter or somebody like, yeah, had a, had an opinion on something like you better write yeah, that shit listen. down. Yeah. You better write that down. It's probably important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of circle back to, you know, going to school versus real life. I think you have to have a little bit of both. You don't necessarily need to go to school. Yeah. Um, but you've got to have some sort of, educational background that you can uh, draw on yep. before you go out and pay your dues. Right. You yeah. know, right. cutting your teeth, doing... Yeah. If you, you know, don't, if you don't, you'll stand out yeah. really fast. Yeah. Really, really fast. You'll hit your failures publicly and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so Miles, just to kind of wrap a bow on this thing, um, we're going to um, let everybody know where you can be found where he's going to be playing at. We're going to put all his social media links up and stuff. So I guess my last and final question, unless Chris has any more questions, Go is ahead. like what, 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 uh, what, what would your advice be to that, 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 that guy that's on the fence about maybe I want to take this to a, this is not a hobby anymore. Yeah. Like what, what, what advice would you give that person? I'd say definitely look into some schools just for the real world experience from humans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's sort of a rare Steve Jobs type person that at right. 18 can go right. out and be like, this is what I'm doing. Right. Get out of my right. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I wasn't like that at no, 18. No, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't either. I wasn't anywhere near that at um, all. So, yeah, for sure. But then just know, you know, digging in that deep can zap the fun at times. Yeah. Um, if sure. you're a singer-songwriter, maybe you don't need all that theory stuff. Right, but right. Very good point. In college. Yeah. You meet some, it's a great time to be alive, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, you know, just for the, the, the social, psychological yeah. process of, of, of being a human, you know. Yeah. Getting into new environments, meeting new people, that kind of stuff. Yeah. For real. Yeah. But I'd say, you know, try school. If it's not for you, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, 
do get a mentor maybe because yeah sitting at home on YouTube you know like y'all said there's no accountability you right. could be learning wrong information and the other other thing uh, before not to interrupt but something that I found out when I was in school was that when I wanted to get really inspired by something I'd go and listen to the jazz drummers yeah yeah right oh mm-hmm. yeah like when you really wanted to get I don't know if you felt this is this is why this was part of I've always been like most of my good quality friends are musicians, but a lot of them are drummers. Uh-huh. You know, like most, like about 90% of them, they're mostly drummers. I love those guys. Yeah. So, point is, is like look outside your instrument for inspiration. That's, you know, especially jazz drummers to me, those guys are on a different plane. Like the good ones, you know. Yeah. Like the Elvin Jones and the Tony Williams. Oh, yeah. yeah those yeah. guys are, like, you can really gain a lot by listening to those guys. Would you not agree? I mean, is oh, that totally. something that you do? Like, oh, yeah. You want to get inspired, um, like, listening to other Yeah, listen to piano players. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah, drummers, piano players. Yeah. It's just, just, just take what you will from it, you know. It'll give you ideas. Chris, do you have anything else to add for my, my good buddy Miles, our very first interview on Get yeah, Pills and Yeah, you know, you said something at the very top that interests me that I wanted to circle back to. Uh-huh. You said that you sent a tape to Berkeley. I'm just curious, what did you play on the tape? Oh, yeah, good question. Uh, question. What did you play, Miles? Stairway to Heaven? <laughs> I had... <laughs> Closer to the Heart, I read. I heard back. Yeah, yeah, Phantom Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, I put something because I was in a band in high school. I put I, I made these dudes set up and record something jazzy. I honestly don't remember, but I know mm. I played uh, somewhere over the rainbow. This Chet Atkins class. Uh, yeah, I get you. In. Okay, okay. I get you. In. Uh, yeah. When I was up there, and if you do audition, do what you're comfortable with. Because yeah, read at your level. Don't try to fake it. Just be yeah. comfortable. Play something you're comfortable with. Because good you don't want to get placed in classes right. ahead of you by mm. fooling the. That's good advice. That's, anyway. yeah, that's they, huge. They see it all day. Yep. Yeah, but, that's, um, that's that's a good. I remember good doing a big classical thing with some harmonic tapping just to because that's what I was into at the time, and uh, yeah, they dug it. You know. Cool. I like that. Got in. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, it worked. <laughs> that, that, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> One more question before we we sign off. Before we wrap. Before we wrap. So I would be. A non-musician, if I didn't ask, is there anybody you're listening to right now, like music-wise, current, like that's kind of you're digging uh, that you could that you could uh, throw out to our listeners? Um, other than Miles Brown, yeah, yeah, other than his stuff, yeah. <laughs> Composer Miles Composer Brown, right? Oh, so what you listen to, man? What's in the tape deck? Oh golly! Right now, uh, I like Snarky Puppy. They're good. Oh my goodness! We just we yeah we we had a discussion about uh, rhythm guitar playing and how it's a lost art. Oh, mm-hmm. and we it's... were talking about Mr. Lettieri. Uh, yeah, and how like I'm hoping that you know there's a resurgence of that kind of style of yeah, guitar just playing. Solid, just like, solid, right with that hi hat. Yeah, mm-hmm. just super solid, man. Like yeah, that. there's just not not a lot of that. Yeah, it's not flashy, but it's important, you know. Yeah. Super important. Super important. <laughs> if you're keeping track, that's six. That's, you guys are probably yeah, drunk by you, now. You're wasted by now. Yep. Yeah, Snarky Puppy, they're good, man. Yep. They yeah, are, I like them, Radiohead. Uh, yeah. yeah. All my nerd music is still there. Yeah. But I like everything now. I'm at a place where I find 
value and beauty in most See? kinds of. Look at that. That's music. awesome. Yep. He could put on the Backstreet Boys right now. Yep. Oh, that, that harmony. And I'm yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> he, yeah, the sad thing is, he could probably put a chord melody on his guitar and it would melt your heart. That's Instantly. The sad part. Instantly. That's the sad part about yep. that. Yep. But no, Miles, thank you so much, man, for yeah, coming man. on to our little podcast. Yep. Uh, First oh, interview. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Thank you. Like I said, uh, for all you guys out there that want to uh, follow Miles a little bit more. Well, Miles, just tell us really quick, where's yeah, the, where's the where, best where way to reach you? you? How can we find you? Probably milesbrown.net. It's Miles with a Y. Okay. Um, that's Miles got with a y. Miles with a Y and then Instagram is uh, Miles Brown Jams but okay. all those links are on my website so if you just hit perfect milesbrown.net it'll take yep. you to it'll all take of you them everywhere perfect we'll have it in the show notes for sure so you guys can follow up and learn more about Miles you can I'm sure there's some pictures of him on there you guys will he's a, a beautiful put, man put oh, a face thanks. with a voice yeah, there's a whole <laughs> bunch of songs on there yes cool. Beautiful, cool. beautiful songs but yeah uh, definitely check out Miles if you get a chance if he's playing live anywhere do yourself a favor go see him um, it's uh, you will not regret it. Yep. Um, thank you so much, man, thank for you. coming to our blast. little our awesome. little thing. I hope your coffee was was enjoyable. Delicious. I'm wired. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, awesome. But uh, Chris, uh, I guess that puts a bow on this episode yep. for today. First interview. I'm really excited, guys. We hope you enjoyed it, and uh, we will catch y'all next week. And we out. <laughs>